Welcome back to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today I am joined by Matt Collins and Brian Joyner of Over the Monster. You can find these two gentlemen on Twitter at Matt R.Y. Collins and at Brian Joyner. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Hello. New Year, buddy. Thank you, sir. Matt, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, Matt, so, Matt, are you ever really wonderful? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just asking. Almost never. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Have you had your nap today, Matt? Of course. Okay, excellent. So we know we, we're working with a fresh version of Matt, so this is going to be a good well, podcast. Well, fresh as, fresh as he gets. He doesn't yeah, get very fresh. Relatively speaking. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, uh, last time Matt and I podcasted was December 17th, I want to say. Um, and basically, directly after we podcasted, Mitch Moreland got signed by the Red Sox, um, which has been pretty much the only thing that the Red Sox have done this offseason, aside from signing a second baseman from the Mexican League. So, it was a bit of an underwhelming signing. However, uh, Mitch Moreland, you know, he's not a bad little player. So, it's not what we were expecting, but what did you guys think about the move and what was your reaction to it i suppose uh we'll go with you first matt what what'd you think uh, i wasn't too crazy about it um i've kind of come around well not really come around but just accepted it i guess i don't know you say he's not a bad player he's not a good player either he's just kind of there i mean he's not gonna make or break the team and I would have rather, if they were going to sign a first baseman, I would have rather had Lucas Duda or Logan Morrison or even DeAndre Alonso, but that difference isn't going to uh, really affect the team too much, but at the same time, Mitch Moreland is just, he's just not that good of a hitter, and I like his defense, but I don't really think it makes up for it enough. I would have just stuck with Hanley at first base, but it's becoming clear that I'm way higher on him than anybody else in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Brian, what do you think of the signing? I mean, I think that Moreland is fine. And I think, I don't, I, I think Matt might have favorited this on Twitter or something. You know, the main benefit of the Moreland deal is not in relation to guys who might have, who, from an outside perspective, look more attractive, like Duda or Lomo or Yonder Alonso. It's that you're not paying for Eric Hosmer. Um, and I think that the thing with Moreland is the team obviously likes him. Like, they like him. They like working with him. You know, it seems like he likes being there. And this is obviously a... Um, it's a role-playing fit before you have the stars cast, but they're pretty confident. You know, I, I agree with Matt. He's not a good player. I don't think he's a bad player, but I think that it, um, whatever happens to the Red Sox this year will probably not come down to the difference between Mitch Marland and whoever else. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up that point that signing him means you don't sign Eric Osmer because that's really what everybody went to. And I think we were all kind of petrified. I know Matt was definitely petrified of the idea of signing um, Eric mm -hmm. Osmer to like a 170 or higher million dollar deal um, and locking him up for a long period of time. And when you look at his numbers, you're, you guys are both spot on. I mean, he's fine. He's a fine hitter. Uh, he's about league average. Um, 
I don't necessarily think that it would surprise me if he had as good of or a better season than guys like uh, Duda, Morrison, or Alonzo next year. I think he's right in that group. I think he's pretty comparable to those guys. He's probably uh, you know, a little less of a ceiling than those guys, um, but not that much different. I think what this came down to was the Red Sox were, were basically making a choice between uh, going after J.D. Martinez and going after Cosmer. And I think that they made the right choice by doing that. And I think Dave Dombrowski also made a choice that there was no way in hell that he was going to let Hanley uh, be responsible for first base next year. I think he doesn't trust his shoulder. I don't think he trusts the player. Uh, and I think this says almost more about Hanley than it does about Mitch Moreland. Yeah, that's probably fair. And I, that was the one thing. I am pretty confident about Hanley at the plate, but um, I mean, it's been pretty clear all along. We can't really say from the outside whether or not he would have been able to play first base, so I kind of have to take their word for it if they really don't think he can on an everyday basis. Although right now it seems like the plan would be that he's going to play sometime. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that works out with him. Um, well, hold, well, hold on, but it, it is possible then to sort of piece together why Moreland might have been a better fit for them. Because, I mean, a guy like Duda is a better hitter than Moreland. That's, you know, I don't think that's an issue. When he's on the field. Issue. It, well, first of all, there's that. Uh, I was going to say that, but I thought that that was just sort of obvious. But on top of that, if the trade-off they're making at first is between a guy who can field, um, or if they have one guy who can hit, but he can't field, and then among the next group of players who are comparable, if not equal in value, but at least close, that Moreland is the best of those because at least the guy can field, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and again, like... I know baseball is a cutthroat business, but, like, he's on the team. He liked being on the team. The team liked him. He's a good fit for them right here and now, even if um, in a vacuum there might be better options. Yeah, it's interesting when you guys start talking about Hanley being on the team and him being there in conjunction with Mitch Moreland, what they're going to do with him, especially if they do go out and sign J.D. And I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. We were going to talk about this a little later, but I think it just fits now. Um, There's the potential for a platoon because Hanley Ramirez is a career 295 hitter against lefties. Um, He's crushed lefties in the past. In 2016, when he had that really good year with the Red Sox, um, he absolutely destroyed lefties. He batted, you know, over 300 against them with, a slugging percentage close to 600. Um, so he, he killed them. Um, however, last year was totally weird for his career. He barely hit lefties whatsoever last year. And I don't know whether or not that was due to the shoulder or whether that was something else, but it does tend to worry you a little bit to rely on a guy to be the lefty side of a platoon with Mitch Moreland if he wasn't able to hit lefties last year. So... I mean, what is what is your confidence level that he's going to be able to do that? Good. I mean, he didn't do it one year. Yeah. So the odds odds are, I mean, maybe he won't, but the odds are that he does. Yeah, I mean, I think you know my answer. Scale of 1 to 10, probably like an 8. <laughs> if he's okay. only hitting lefties, then I'm super confident. If he's hitting everybody, I'm pretty confident. Do you think he stays engaged if he's only one? The, I mean, if he's the short side of a platoon, do you think he stays engaged as a hitter on the team? 
Yes, yeah, be- because I don't really you... have any other reason to believe otherwise. And I, I think that the only, the only thing we, you would have reason to believe is that maybe, um, you know, if you're hitting well, you t- maybe you like that. And um, if you really limit him to batting against lefties, chances are he's going to be hitting well. So if he if he could get confident from that, there you go. Great. So yeah, Plus I think. Go ahead. No, I got nothing. <laughs> He's also going to be playing for a contract and to continue his career next year. So, assuming they're not going to let that option pass, he's going to be a free agent. So, it's in his best interest to stay engaged and perform as well as possible. So, I'm going to give you guys a few scenarios here. Um, say the Red Sox go out and sign J.D. Martinez, because that seems like the most likely move for the team right now. Um, and they plan to play him at DH most of the time, which means they have Mitch Moreland and Hanley Ramirez to play first or sub in at DH when you know they decide to give someone a day of rest. Um, I'm going to give you three options. Um, Matt, which one do you think is most likely for them to do with Hanley Ramirez? Keep him and platoon him, um, trade him to some other team, or to outright cut him? Uh, first one, definitely. Yes. Um I don't think anyone's really going to want to trade for him unless they eat almost all the money. And I just can't really see them cutting him after last year when he was so good two years ago. I mean, it's this isn't Pablo Sandoval again, you know? Right. I just, I, I'd be really surprised. And I think they'd like to trade him, but I just don't think that anybody wants to trade for him. What about you, Brian? I agree that I don't think anyone wants to trade for him. I mean, people don't want to spend money on anything. And uh, people, therefore, also don't want to trade for these huge contracts for guys who can, you know, probably still play. Um, So... It's, you know, it's the worst thing that can happen in a situation like this is that you have Hanley Ramirez. So uh, I'm into that because assuming that there's still a big move going that's going to happen, and I do, that uh, it, he will be added value. Uh, more than he will be someone they depend upon uh, 85% of the time. So I, I think talking to you guys about this, we've we've actually gotten to see what Dombrowski saw in this whole thing. And I think it does make a lot of sense if he, if he is planning to use Hanley as the short side of a platoon or at least platoon him. He might play him against righties too. I mean, if Hanley's hot, he's going to play over Mitch Moreland at first base so you can get both of those bats in there. Um, but it does seem like by signing Mitch Moreland, what he has done is he's set himself up to be able to sign someone like Hosmer. He's also set himself up to give Mitch Moreland enough at-bats that Hanley's 2019 option doesn't vest, um, but he still has that player engaged because if that option doesn't vest, you know, he's going to be a free agent anyhow. Um, and then Mitch Moreland also gives him the added certainty of defense late in games, um, and gives him the other option. If Hanley's shoulder goes downhill, you know, he can plug Mitch Moreland in there and play him every single day. 
Um, so I, I think when we look at it that way, it does begin to make a lot more sense than when we initially thought about it, right? I guess. Yeah, that's a, that, I, no, I, I, I think that's a great point because don't get the sense that the relationship between Dombrowski and Hanley, for whatever reason, I don't get the sense is that good. And, um, and that could be wrong. But in the case that, you know, they'd happily part with him for any number of reasons um, and happily keep him for any number of reasons, uh, I wouldn't bet against what Jake was uh, saying with that with the vesting option being at least a factor, just knowing you can play both sides of it all the way down. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm just never going to really be that excited about Mitch Moreland. It was $13 million to save 22 Matt. That's what he was thinking when he made the trade. <sighs> okay. <laughs> it could have been. Could have been what he was thinking anyhow. Um, I mean, I'm, no, I, I, I'm, I think Mitch Moreland is fine. Um, would you invite him it, to a barbecue? Um, he yeah, cooking? Of course. Yeah. yeah, he's cooking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Um, yeah. Who, but the the major pro the problem is not Mitch Moreland. The problem is the lack of other news. Because yes. we're only this in the weeds on it because we don't have it. Right. And we did finally get a juicy report yesterday. Uh, I believe it was Nick Cafardo reported um, that J.D. Martinez had been offered a five-year deal by the Red Sox. Uh, none Nightingale. Of them, uh, Nightingale, yeah, Bob Nightingale. That's right. Um, so he was offered this five-year deal reportedly. We didn't get figures on exactly what the deal was, so we don't know if it's like 5 and 125 or 5 and 140 or whatever. Um, but we know that he hasn't accepted it yet, and we also know that Boris had been pretty clear about his intention to get a seven-year deal which I don't think is going to happen. He, you know, threw out that figure figure of 200 million, which, you know, really doesn't matter. It's a high starting point. But um, I, I want to get your sense of of what you guys think about that five year offer. Um, do you think that's the right amount of years for a player like JD Martinez? Yeah, um, I mean that made sense to me. I think. Five years always kind of seemed like the right amount of time. He'll be 34, or just coming off his age 34 season. Um, even if you have to throw in some sort of vesting option or mutual option or something for a sixth year, I'd be fine with it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really flip out if they guaranteed a sixth year, but that would probably be a little too long for me. Seven years would probably cause me to melt down in an embarrassing way. Uh, but yeah five years seems pretty much perfect you good with five joiner i mean i don't think it matters because i think you have to get five so yes because there's no option which is why six would not alarm me as much just because it really just depends on the actual market there isn't sorry i think i think matt is probably right that five with the vesting option for six sounds like that sounds like a a place that both sides could come near 
I love the idea of a vesting option for both sides. I hate these one-sided vesting options that that so many teams like to give out to players, and I get why they do it, and I get the plate appearance thing, but you know these these options like the one Hanley has for 497 plate appearances, they're really tough to, to deal with when you have a big money player uh, if you're the team. So I like the idea of both sides being able to agree to it. Um, I hope if they do have to go over five years, um, they do do it that way so that the team has an option of turning it down. And I hope they just up the AAV of his contract. I mean, if he ends up with something like five years, 150 with a six-year mutual option, would you guys be okay with that deal? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't care about the luxury tax penalties anymore. That draft pick thing, the more time goes on, I just don't really care that much. So, whatever. Sign him to a billion dollars, whatever. Just get him on the team. Bring bring that World Series trophy, yeah. whatever it yeah. takes. I'm just sick of waiting. Yeah. I mean, no, but I, re- I really don't think that penalty is as bad as it's being made out to be. Well, we're in the process of drafting 470 prospects <laughs> or whatever in the league that we're all in together. So, um, yeah, we, we, we know that a lot of these guys don't hit and it doesn't really matter. And if you can get a guy like JD, it shouldn't dissuade you from doing that just because you get moved down in the draft a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's talk about the apocalypse here. So if JD Martinez decides that he really loves Arizona and especially if the Red Sox stay firm to their five-year deal and the Arizona Diamondbacks come back and they offer comparable money, also five years, maybe they throw a sixth year in there, Uh, at a lower AAV just to give him some certainty, and he decides to sign with Arizona, what the hell do the Red Sox do here? Because all of a sudden, the fallback options, Bruce, Duda, Morrison, starting to get pretty ugly, uh, especially when you compare those guys to JD. Um, My thought is that you maybe just go with Hanley and play Mitch Moreland every day. What would you guys do? Um, so I would probably also go with Hanley, but I don't think they would. Um, out of those hitters you mentioned, I would probably go with Duda because I think you can get him for one year and you kind of just take that bat for a year and then, um, reset next year with the big free agency class. I also think it could be interesting if they just go completely in the other direction and say they don't get their big bat and decide that they want to maybe see if Hugh Darvish is going to be a little cheaper than they thought, or even Jake Arrieta, Hmm. and just, like, say, screw it with the offense, we'll just build an absolute force in the rotation and try and win that way. Um, Because there's really no Martinez like that, and a run saved is a run earned and all that, so... um, you might as well just try and do it with pitching if you can't do it with offense. I don't really think that's going to happen, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that before. Joyner, what do you think about that? Would you be inclined to go in that direction if you were the team um, and J.D. Martinez decided to go elsewhere? Repeat it, please. Were you Signing playing your Darvish post-game? or something. <laughs> no, I'm that's sorry. Okay. sorry, I'm just the Celtics something happened sorry go ahead um so if they don't side martinez instead of looking at another bat 
looking at like Darvish or Arietta and just trying to win all with pitching. I mean, I could see Dombrowski doing it because the guy likes the best players. And it's like we're not even looking at them, and they're available. Uh, there's a reason all of this is taking so long, and the Red Sox are one of the players. Uh, so I hadn't thought about that, but while it's not the most likely scenario, I would say that it's uh, <clears throat> it's definitely something to think about because there, you know, if you're just looking at the true talent level, it's uh, it's hard to do better than those guys. Especially, it doesn't really seem like the pitching market is moving at all. Like I haven't really heard anything about Darvish except for a couple teams having like marginal interest in him. Yeah. So he might go for cheaper than we're expecting. He scares the hell out of me, though. I think he's still going to get a pretty big deal. I'd be surprised if he doesn't get at least 150 with his deal, uh, you know, right now. And, um, you know, what is he, 31? 31 years old with all the injuries that Darvish has had? I mean, when he's on, he's electric. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball, but um, he's often hurt. So I don't know if I want to throw huge money, especially when you're going to have potentially David Price on the books for, you know, five more years or whatever it is if he doesn't decide to opt out. So uh, that could be a whole bunch of money tied up in pitching. Yeah, it would definitely be aggressive and pretty wild, but they want to make a run this year. That would probably be the closest thing to J.D. Martinez. I, I hate it. If if that happens, I'm I'm just I'm sticking with Hanley. I'm trying to make sure that that option doesn't vest. Maybe I do sign a Duda just to make sure that option doesn't vest for him. Um, give me a little extra security, be able to play him sometimes. Um, and well, I'm, I will I'm, hold on. I will say this. One thing I just want to stop you because if you're gonna play Hanley, mm-hmm. play him as much as help you win. Yeah, it's gonna help you win. Don't worry about the option. I'm with you there. If he's hitting, then you just keep playing him. If the option vests, it vests. Absolutely. But I think you need to have something in place for if he doesn't play well. Or or do you guys just think you could go with Sam Travis in that situation? Oh, I do not think you can go with Sam Travis in any situation. So. <laughs> well, that, that might answer one of our later questions in this podcast. Yeah, so. I'm not a big Sam Travis guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, get why don't that we throw... Jake, why don't we throw Blake Swihart over at first? Um, Blake Swihart, when he's right, would be a, a fantastic little player. Um, but, you know, he did bat like 400 in the Dominican League this winter. This winter is like um, eight days old. <laughs> wow. They call in the it winter the league. winter league, yeah. Yeah, I know, but I, that's not what you said, and I needed to get a cheap point. Whatever. This isn't what. What's that game show called where they give people points around the horn? All, all of them. Yeah. Line <laughs> is it anyway? Good point. Um, all right. So let's talk about Manny Machado here. I think we we've we've kind of we've decided that if the team doesn't get J D Martinez, that they're kind of screwed. And 
maybe Scott Boris is going to be able to leverage that into more money than the Red Sox want to pay. They, he probably will be able to do that. But I want to know what your read on the Manny Machado situation is because that has generated a little bit of buzz around here. Um, he's only got one year left. He'd take a whole bunch of stuff to get him. You'd have to give up at least your top couple prospects if you wanted to trade for him for a year. You'd have to give someone up off the actual major league roster. Um, Joiner, what do you think ends up happening with this situation? Do you think the Orioles end up moving him or do you think they keep him? And if they do move him, where the hell do you think he goes? I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> I I do know that I think it was wasn't Matt. Did you point out Lou Merloni like oh, having the having the having yeah. the vapors at this at this rumor <laughs> that they were what was it was it Grom and Chavis? Yeah, he got really upset at the idea of the Red Sox trading Grom and Chavis, Machado coming here. <laughs> And then leaving for the Yankees next year, and it's like there's maybe like a point one percent chance of all of that happening. It's I don't understand people. He just got really upset about it. So when that rumor circulated about tr- trading the top two prospects for Manny Machado, I thought to myself, I'm doing that in a heartbeat if I'm Dave Dombrowski, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. I don't care if you get him next year. Hopefully you do get him next year because you have a bunch of money, you're a rich franchise, and you can pay him whatever the hell he wants. But, I mean, let's be honest about what Groom and Chavis are. These are not the blue-chip prospects that the Red Sox are used to having at the top of their farm system. This isn't Bogarts. This isn't Devers. If you can get a guy like that for a player who might end up being a number two starter in three years or four years or five years from now, and Michael Chavis, who doesn't have a positional home and might bat 220 for all we know, um, you do that, right? Yeah. I mean, of, of course. Also, is it Groom or Grom, Jake? Because you used to say Grom, and you just said Groom. I don't know. People keep telling me that it's Grom, and then it's Groom, and I think when we I had still the even Sox know prospects, Jay guys or Jason. Said it, but, um, is, okay, anyhow, he's, he's a good prospect. I mean... He is. He's not... probably like the back end of the top 50, maybe just outside. I'm guessing that's where he'll be ranked. Um, yeah. He He's good. But anyhow, of course, you do that. You do that in a heartbeat. Can't predict the future. If he, if he, even if he goes to the Yankees, like, you already hate him now. So you knew <laughs> what you were getting into. Um, but he's... Like the dude's gonna go to the Hall of Fame. It's his prime. It's, it's his prime. You trade for someone, trade for a Hall of Famer in their prime, without for prospects without thinking twice. Um, the Yankees just did it. So, uh, much love to Starlin Castro, but the Yankees just did it for the same reason. It's no brainer. Yeah, you don't let Michael Chavis get in the way of a potential Hall of Famer coming to your team, if even if it is for a year. Um, and, you know, we always talk about on anything that we write or, or podcast about uh, baseball prospects, especially pitchers, are very volatile. And as good as Grom or Groom or however you want to say it is, um, you know, he's still very volatile. He had a really bad year last year. He had some injury issues. Um, the, the road is long in front of him. He's probably got three more years of being in the minor leagues at least before we even know 
what he's going to be. And the, the floor that people are throwing on him, and I think the floor that you can throw on any pitching prospect, even even the highest level ones, is is nothing. The floor is that they could be nothing. So if you can get J.D. or uh, Machado, I should say, to come in here, you, you do it. Yeah. All that said, I don't think it's happening. I don't think he's going anywhere. Do you think he's uh, staying with the Orioles? Yeah, I don't think the um, – his name? Angelos, the owner. I don't think he's going to let that happen. He's the worst owner. He's The Orioles have he's, to be the most there, inept yeah. franchise um, the fact that they don't participate in international signees is yeah. is mind-blowing to me. They're also uh, planning to move Zach Britton into the rotation after he comes back from a torn Achilles, sure. after being one of the best closers in baseball after a few years, so that makes sense. How to ruin your best asset by the Baltimore yeah, I Orioles. I don't know what they're doing. It's That's why it's so obnoxious when they're good, uh, which... They weren't, right? They weren't very good. Um, they were good at the beginning of the year, though. Uh, and we had all that beef with them. God, I hate them so much. Um, which is, and it's frustrating. The other thing they don't buy is uh, pitching. Just... <laughs> Their rotation the... is so bad. It's awful. They should just get Wade Miley back. It's, uh, I was looking at it yesterday. It's Bundy, Gossman, and then just, like... Triple <laughs> A guys, it's just a joke. And their offense is still pretty good. They should have a pretty good team, but their pitching is just garbage. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to have tickets to one of those games that Bundy or Gosman isn't pitching. <laughs> I mean, even they give up some home runs. They're gonna they're gonna set the record for most home runs allowed, I think. It's just mind blowing though. Imagine not preparing an offer for Shohei Otani. Like, not doing that paperwork yeah. for him, because you're yeah, just like, it's... nah, no big deal. I mean, that should be... Everybody should be fired at that point. <laughs> yeah. You should just not have a franchise. I can't even yeah. imagine being an o- Orioles fan. I hope I hope some sour Orioles no, fans no, is listening to I this. No, no, I can... Well, I grew up around Orioles fans, brief, for not briefly, but before I moved to Massachusetts. And... Uh, like, because there was no Nationals. I lived near D.C., so I went to Orioles games. Great um, park, by the way. Well, I went to the old one. <laughs> but, uh, not a great park. Um, the new one is, yeah, it's the best. But um, um, I like Orioles fans, and I know them. But uh, the team itself, like, they're just so weird. <laughs> like, Duquette is weird weird <laughs> and uh they're so str- they're just so strange um so yeah i don't think i they don't think they're going to trade machado to us at any rate like that doesn't make any sense is he Dan, fucking he hates us <laughs> is duquette really bad at his job though because i'm not sure that duquette is behind all this craziness i don't think when duquette he's... was here he didn't do all that stuff that he does there yeah, I think he's fine. I mean, he's probably right around the middle of the pack, maybe. I'd probably have to look at it a little more, but I don't think he's like an actively horrible general manager or anything. No, I, sus- I suspect Jake is right. I suspect he's probably good at his job in that he's probably following directions to, to some degree. Um, so we don't know what they are, but I get the sense that they are very happy with him. So... Which is odd, 
but uh, but okay, yeah, and I mean, while he has to know that Machado is like, I mean, in any sane world, you would try to just rebuild around him. Um, but they're the Orioles, and I mean, I guess baseball is how it is, but he's Manny I mean, it Machado. It doesn't seem like he wants to go back there either. Yeah, it's it's they're just so weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean we'll take him, but I don't think he's gonna come. I'm guessing he gets traded at the deadline for way less than they could have gotten. Now, seems like how this is all gonna end. Yeah, that would be a shame if uh, if, if that's what happened. But that would be so Orioles of them. You know, I was just thinking to myself that the Orioles. Um, the, it, Manny Machado isn't even the best third baseman they've ever had. No. Like, but. not even defensively. No, but, I mean, it's tough competition. And he wouldn't even be the best shortstop either, which is also crazy. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, Man, the... Brooks Robinson and, and Manny Machado, that's a, that's a pretty decent combo. Yeah, that'll do. It's like, uh, it's like the Red Sox and left field. Have you ever looked at the, the history of Red Sox in left field? It's just it's mind-numbing how many good left fielders the Red Sox have had. Ted well, Williams. Is better than Andrew Benintendi. Yes. Yeah, right. The crazy part is like how few of them there are relative to other positions because so many guys are just like, all right, I'm here. Oh, yeah, like, and just... they stay for like 20 years. It's amazing. Um, Manny was uh, good at hitting the ball. He had some I don't... sneaky off outfield assists, though. He did. Yeah, that's because everybody ran on him. <laughs> yeah. I love Manny so much, but he did not have a good arm. It was just everybody was going to take that chance. He didn't have the worst arm I've ever seen, though. No, I mean, he played in an outfield with Johnny Damon, so. <laughs> that's right. Uh, the Red Sox have had some pretty bad arms in center field. Elsberry wasn't very good either. Manny would, you know, he could, he could live up to expectations and air mail it or whatever, whatever, but he could always just like pull one out of his ass and just yeah. nail something. But it was always worth taking that chance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, man he was so much fun. I, I miss him. I miss him too. Um, so I, I kind of agree with you guys. I don't, I don't think the Angelus will actually let Manny Machado go anywhere and they'll just squander this asset and get pretty much nothing for him. And then it'll end up on the Yankees. But you know, I can hope, and I hope the Red Sox, if they do have a chance to to trade those top two prospects, do make it happen. But well, um, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. Do you think the Yankees are still in the market for both Harper and Machado? Yes. For both. Yes. I, At the same time. I don't. Yes. I don't think they are. I think the Yankees are in the market for anybody until I hear otherwise. I would normally agree with you, and I probably do. I just didn't want to hear it out loud. <laughs> because <laughs> shouldn't have. I know. But, I mean, I look, as you may – you probably know, I've been writing for years about how the Yankees were coming. Well, this is it. So the Stanton thing was – Stanton thing is really regrettable because that was the black swan. Um not that they wouldn't necessarily trade for him, but the sequence of things 
going as it did. Like, it isn't necessary for Jeter to be the owner to have that weird um, scuttled trades with two other teams. Oh, here, let's just give them to the Yankees. But since it was Jeter, it was just weird on so many levels that it was so out of left field, so to speak, um, that I can't, like, it's too big for my brain to comprehend it that they could have Stanton, Machado, Harper, and that's just the new guys. <laughs> I mean, they have room. Gardner is a free agent after this year, I think. So DH and rotate everybody in and out of the outfield, and Gliber Torres at second base, Machado at third base. I mean, that would be an absolute fucking nightmare for the Red Sox, but I can see it. I, Bryce I Harper might set the record for uh, home runs and RBIs in a season by, like, if, if he could stay healthy. Only if Giancarlo Stanton doesn't beat him. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't know, though, because I, I think I think it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion. It seems like the Yankees and Manny Machado have had interest. They cleared out Chase Headley. There's clearly going to be a spot there at third base if he, if he wants it. Um, and they're going to offer him the money. But I think the team that is the biggest threat to the Yankees, um, aside from the Nationals, for Bryce Harper, is certainly going to be the uh, Dodgers. Um, I think that we're seeing them start to actually move a little bit of money around when they made that weird trade that landed them Matt Kemp again, uh, only for them to try and flip Matt Kemp. Um, you know, that got them under the luxury tax for the first time in many years, and I, I think that they're they're planning on giving him that deal. Like, you can imagine them re-signing Harper or uh, re-signing Kershaw and then adding Harper to that nucleus that's already so good. I, I, could, I could see that occurring and being pretty important. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I think the Red Sox will be involved too, especially if they don't get J.D. Martinez. Um, I don't think the Yankees are going to be the only team, obviously, but I think they'll be right there with Red Sox, Dodgers, all the usual players. I kind of am waiting for the Blue Jays to do something too. Kind of afraid of them with J.D. Martinez. They're, they're definitely not giving up, which is really odd because the, the Orioles and the Tampa Bay Rays seem to be understanding that this division has two sort of juggernaut teams in it and that they should give up. Um, but you always hear the Orioles, I mean the uh, the the Blue Jays, involved in every rumor that's that circulates for a free agent. Yeah, I think they're okay. I mean, I don't think they're going to compete with the Red Sox and Yankees, but if they got another big bat this year, it wouldn't totally shock me if they had a few things break their way. They could get into like high 80s, low 90s, compete for a playoff spot. They've got a decent farm system too, so they could they could make some moves if they wanted to. Are they yeah, their rotation is pretty good. Are they in on anybody this year? Uh, I've heard like rumblings around some. I mean, I've heard them connected to JD Martinez. Oh, Jay Not Bruce, like, they've been connected to. As yeah, well. Jay Bruce. No, I'm talking about real players. Um, Whoa. Sorry. No, I mean, big I, Jay Bruce shot. I love no, I I love Jay Bruce, but he's we, I'm not talking about Jay Bruce. Um, uh, no, just like marginal reports that they could be interested in JD Martinez, but okay. Um, I think they might. I don't know. I always feel like they're gonna swoop in. They never do. There are no you rumors. 
Uh, not that I've seen. I don't think they're going to really look for a pitcher. Their rotation was great not last year. Not a high year. end, anyways. Yeah, they need somebody like for that Jose Batista role. Was it was it last year or was it the year before where they had basically the healthiest rotation in baseball that threw like a bajillion innings? Uh, I don't think it was last year because Sanchez got hurt last year. That's right. I think it was 2016. Think, yeah. But the, I mean, the, all those guys are young still, and they're all under control. It's 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 still impressive. Stroman's awesome. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays are a little underrated, but still not on the same level as the Red Sox and Yankees. So I want to get back to Harper for a second because. You guys said that if the Red Sox, or Matt, you said if the Red Sox don't get J.D., they'll go after Harper. If the Red Sox do get J.D. this offseason and it goes as planned, do you think they'll still go after Harper if they have J.D.? Uh, Possibly. I mean, yeah. I don't know how aggressive. It would probably depend on Bradley and Benintendi and how they did and whether or not they think they can re-sign Bradley and all that. Um, there's no reason they wouldn't. Be at least a little involved, though. I mean, they have to be for the Red Sox. They could trade uh, Bradley with one year left on his deal, sign Harper, and move Mookie to center field. Benintendi to center field, but yes. Do you think they'd move Benintendi instead of Mookie? I hope so. And so they'd put Bryson left? Yeah, I mean, that's how I would do it at least. Interesting. See, I would rather have Mookie in center field. I think he's a better center fielder than Benintendi. Probably, but I think the I think the difference between Mookie and Benintendi in center field, and then who would you put in right, Harper? I'd keep Harper in right. I'd move Mookie to center, yeah. and I'd keep Benintendi in left. That way, it'd be the fewest amount of change. The only guy I'd have to change position is Mookie. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Betts and Benintendi covering all that ground. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, this is. A big hypothetical. We're getting to Loomer Loney territory here. <laughs> what a fantastic problem to have to debate. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian, what say you? How would you how would you sort out our dream outfield? Well, I mean, your question was, should they look at Harper anyway? And I think it's like uh, the same thing with the Orioles and Otani. Like, yeah, yes, you should, every team should go to Bryce Harper. Be like, hey, you should play for us. Um, now I know some teams won't do that just because they, there's not realistic. But any team that can afford to should try. Um, so, yeah, I mean he's awesome, and uh, and since he's obviously very animated and sort of a dick, I'd have to like him even more as a Red Sox. Um, but uh, enemy he choked Papelbon, so that's what's up. Um, <laughs> violence is bad, but Papelbon is. Papelbon is violence. Um, or did Papelbon choke him? They both choked each other. Sweet. I, yeah, I don't remember. It was a mutual um, choking. Yeah, awesome. Anyhow, yeah. Good. I mean, if they can get Bryce Harper, I would like that. Uh, I, I'm sort of throttled. Actually, less now by the nice. Harper, Harper and Machado thing, with than with the Yankees and JD. That's that's 
that's a little scary because then yeah that that's just scary what if the yankees signed jd martinez yes i hadn't even uh, i don't think that's gonna happen that. oh didn't no yeah. you're talking about a different martinez I said the Blue Jays might. Oh, I see. I missed the point. I heard you talk about the Blue Jays. Yeah. Sorry. No, I don't think the Yankees are going to sign J.D. Martinez. That okay. would just be fucking with the Red Sox. And I'd be That's right. That's my point. Then they'd have yeah, the, the Red Sox would have to sign Harper. They'd just give him $600 million and yeah. just be like, whatever, come to the team. Yeah. No, no, because if the Yankees would also sign him. <laughs> <laughs> and if the no, I'm ser- I'm I am I am dead serious. They They're gonna have a have sixty a... man active roster. <laughs> Four hundred million dollar payroll. <laughs> oh, 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 right. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, um, it would just be. I mean, yeah, it'd be great. All right. Well, one of my favorite exercises to do this off season because it's literally the only thing that I have to do that uh, you know corresponds with the team is looking at the way that the Red Sox could potentially arrange their bench from next year. Uh, and I recently wrote a roster recap article on Brock Holt where I determined that um, I don't think the Red Sox should have Brock Holt on the team next year. Um, he's going to be paid two million dollars. Uh, he hasn't really hit. He's dealt with these issues with concussions and vertigo. Um, his benefactor, John Farrell, is gone. Um, I just don't see a spot where he makes sense uh, on the bench. You know, they have uh, Bryce Brents. They've got um, Blake Swihart, who's other options, who I think can fill in a bunch of positions. Um, Devin Marrero's better with the glove than he is. I don't see a place for him. What do you guys think? Uh, I think that, well, I don't think they'll trade him, first of all. I probably wouldn't either, but I'm trying to figure out. I know I definitely want Marco Hernandez on the roster, and that's. Pr- I think everybody else is kind of in that big group, including Swihart, which makes me sad. I'm kind of over him unfortunately um yeah i don't really i think you can put marrero and holt on the bench together and uh see what you can get for swihart and the solo oh i hate that idea i mean when you compare the two players though the offensive upside for swihart is so much better than brock holt i mean brock holt last year didn't give you anything he didn't give you anything defensively. He didn't give you anything offensively. I mean, he yeah. was he was just zero. He had some head injuries though. That's that's a big thing. I mean, if we're gonna give Swihart some benefit of the doubt because he's been dealing with injuries, I think major brain injuries kind of come into play too. But are those are those gonna go away? You know? Yeah, that's a fair point. And that's one of those things. I don't know that we could say either way. But, I mean, I think if they think that he's healthy, then I think he's proven he's proven more at the major league level, and um, I'd be fine rolling with that. Hmm. I wouldn't really be upset if they kept Twyhard either, to be clear. I think they're pretty close in value. 
Brian, how do you feel about the situation? Spend the $2 million and keep Holt or, you know, move on? Peace out, Brock. Later. Okay. There's no – there's no, like, I have no – I don't want to – like, that injuries thing is regrettable. And um, he was he looked very bad last year, and he could be fine going forward. But um, his floor is zero. And – that's a bad floor. Same with Swihart, though. Yeah, but I don't think you can look at Swihart and say uh, the best is necessarily behind him. And I feel like with Holt, you might be wrong if you said Not it. Not sure I agree with that. Okay. I, I'm, I am the farthest thing from a Swihart defender as you will get – or not defender, you know, evangelist. Um, I don't care, but I do think that he's not a strong candidate um, apart from the previous, like based on his recent performance. But the worst that can happen is that you um, you saw that Blake Swihart wasn't any good and you cut bait. I feel like well, you I can think- cut I think you'd get more for Swihart now than Holt, too. Especially if there's teams that still want him to catch. Yeah, the value's so low, though, right now because he's out of options. They have to keep him on the Major League roster, and he Same didn't do Holt. anything last year. Well, I mean, the value's low for both. But Yeah, well, the, the, the value's definitely low for Holt, but at least when you trade Holt, you get the money off your books. Yeah, I don't really think too... It's, what, $1.5 difference about... Yeah, I really right about that. That's, that's like pocket change. So l- let me take up the mantle for Brock Holt here. I mean, uh, for Blake Swihart. I'm not going to take up for, for Brock Holt. That guy, you know. Um, well, he's a good guy. He's got nice hair, but, you know. Um, <laughs> so with with Blake Swihart, I've long been a defender of him, and I, I still think he's a really good young player. Um, he's going into his age 26 season. I wanted to look up, you know, why we thought this guy was so good in the first place, and I looked up scouting reports on uh, Blake Swihart for the three years before he actually made his debut in the major leagues. And this is a guy that um, many different scouts threw 55 or 60 on his hit tool, um, 55 or 60 on him overall as a player, 60 gloves, 60 arm. I mean, this is this was a well thought of prospect across the board. He had some power too. Um, and I think when you look at especially the development of catchers, young catchers, the offense usually lags behind because catchers have to work so hard at game calling and getting used to the pitching staff and, and receiving and all those things that are so important that go into catching. And then on top of that, Blake Swihart had to deal with mangling his leg and missing an entire year of development. So I think that for us to look at his offensive ceiling and say, oh, that changed so drastically. No, that didn't change. What changed was he mangled his leg and he has switched positions a whole bunch of times. So I think we still need to to look at the player for what he is. And he's someone with a, a pretty high ceiling. Jesus, yeah, Jake, I, it's fine. It's okay, man. We're just, I don't really think his <laughs> offensive ceiling has changed. I'm just not sure he's a catcher. No, and that, but he doesn't need that to be, That changes. Right? Uh, he's 
I don't know. I think he's – I don't know what you think of his offense. I think he's a really good offensive catcher, and he's a fine to pretty okay offensive player at, like, a corner. I think it changes him pretty drastically. Oh, I totally agree with you that it changes him drastically. But this team is going to want to continue to go with Vasquez as our starting catcher, and it's going to want to continue to have Sandy Leone as Chris Sale's personal catcher as long as he's around. So I don't even think that that's an option. What you're really weighing is whether or not you think that Blake Swihart can do the exact same job as Brock Holt but do it with more offense. I think that's what you have to ask yourself. Can he do the same things Brock Holt does with more offense? Yeah, I agree. I don't think he can. I think you think he can. Okay. Do, do you think it's it's positionally he just can't play the different positions? He's not as good athletically? Uh, yeah, he's not as versatile. I'm okay. not super comfortable with him. I could see him in left field, uh, maybe some first base. Anywhere else I wouldn't really be super comfortable. Okay. That that argument makes makes more sense to me if you believe that Brock Holt is actually the better defensive guy. But then you have the argument if you carry Devin Marrero, really you don't need to play him anywhere but the corners if you don't want to. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That is a fair point. I do need to look at the. I've been meaning to look at their bench a little bit more and see how things work out. Yeah, they, they've got some decisions to make because Bryce. Brents is also out of options. Um, Devin Marrero is out of options, and Blake Swihart is out of options. So there's certainly going to be some shuffling that takes place there, and especially if Hernandez is going to be the starter at second base, um, they have some decisions to make with these guys. So it's going to be interesting. Um, lefties. Uh, we made our list of lefties last time that we were on the podcast, Matt. And uh, one lefty from each of our boards got chosen by another team. Boone Logan signed and Zach Duke got signed. But our number one guy, Tony Watson, remains on the board. When are the Red Sox going to sign a lefty? Um, well, Boston, I think it was the Boston Herald. Um, I forget who it was. But somebody wrote a report that they're not doing anything until J.D. Martinez makes his decision, so... That hasn't really worked out because the one market that has moved is the left-handed relief market, but um, it seems like they're not doing anything until they figure out what's going on with J.D. Martinez. That relief market in general has moved. It's been like the only position that has been constant wave of signings since the the hot stove started. Yeah, it's, uh, Greg Holland hasn't signed, does he? Is he like the one guy that's left? Holland is the big guy who's left, but Wade yeah. Davis has signed, Shaw has signed... Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of the other top guys. So it's been weird. It's been a Matt, weird year. Matt, is this heaven for you? <laughs> um, Fair point. No, because the Red Sox haven't done anything, and my entire life is coming down to con- Red Sox-related content. Uh, it, it has winnowed. I see. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, gentlemen, um, is there anything else on this team that we can – Try and shake from the dead husk of the body that is this winter. Yeah, when is it going to happen? When is this going to start happening? I think this week. Next week. Okay, okay. Next week. Next Tuesday, I say. I say day Friday. Day after Martin Luther King Day. Wait, what day is today? Today's Wednesday? No, today is Wednesday. Fr- Friday, it's happening. Oh, I hope not. 
Friday right before the weekend. Bad. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So why do you think it's going to stall out even longer, Joyner? Um, by the way, that there was the sound of Matt assigning me a JD Martinez story on Friday. <laughs> yes, it I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know if you caught that there, but but I I heard it. I, that's cool. I can do that. Um, I, I I would be I would be overjoyed to have to do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I think Matt makes like the Tuesday uh, after Martin. Like maybe you could announce it on Martin Luther King Day via Twitter, some something like that, and do the press conference on Tuesday, Wednesday, or release it, you know, Tuesday morning. Because these things will, uh, I have to feel like, I don't know, they'll be, they're going to try to be timed uh, if they happen anytime soon to, uh, no, you know what, they're just going to be announced when they happen. And I have no idea when that's going to be. Sorry. I've Just been walk. saying next week every time I've been asked for about six weeks now. Oh, I see. I had I had one guy DMing me on Twitter um, every day for about three <laughs> weeks in a row asking if I think the Red Sox are going to make a move today. So <laughs> you just said next this has week been my life. <laughs> I just said, I don't know, every time. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you're asking me. Yeah, no. It's, it's amazing. These... So, sometimes we uh, we appear like we're more plugged into things than we actually are, and uh, no one knows. No one actually knows. Except Not a problem. Like he doesn't know. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't. But all right, that is it for this edition of the Red Seat Podcast. Um, again, you can follow these guys on Twitter: Matt at Matt R Y Collins, Brian at Brian Joiner, and you can follow myself on Twitter at, at @devjake. We will be with you for Red Sox content as it breaks. Uh, we'll try and be with you every couple weeks here uh, in the off season. We we're a little behind that schedule now. Um, as far as um, how everything's going with us getting our feeds back to where they used to be. Um, that is still being worked on, uh, but we are drawing to the conclusion. Hopefully, in the next of that. couple of days, we'll figure that out. Yep. So um, that should be something that gets fixed here, and uh, then we'll appear on your phones as usual and all your devices. So thanks again for listening. Um, this has been the Red Seat, brought to you by Over the Monster and Baseball Prospectus. Uh, guys, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Jake. Bye, Brian. <laughs> I'm such a dick. <laughs> <laughs>